0: This year, the St. Paul Almanac released their 11th volume, On a Collected Path. As part of a reading festival, authors have gathered at various venues throughout St. Paul to read their fabulous work. On Sunday, April 23rd, the bookstore Subtext Books hosted these amazing authors, and here they are reading their great work.
1: And our next reader, without further ado, is Deborah Costendine. And uh, Deborah loves historic St. Paul and all its interesting nooks and crannies. Deborah is mostly an artist, an art therapist, and mental health practitioner, and an occasional writer and storyteller. Deborah comes from a long line of misfits and whopper tellers. Welcome, (laughs) Deborah. I'd like to thank the St. Paul Almanac for this absolutely gorgeous book with these wonderful photographs and art. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> um, all right, yes. Um, my story is called Ghost Ship. Beneath the vast beauty of Indian Mounds Park sits Holman Field. St. Paul's diminutive airport holds many a fantastic story and historic lore. This is one of those stories. Airplane watching is an enjoyable pastime for many people, including myself, especially with my young son done it, dug in tow. In the early 1990s, we would regularly visit Holman Field. Children of all ages are naturally drawn to airports and large mechanical objects of any kind. Moreover, Holman Field held a magnificent secret there amongst the newer craft stood an old Eastern Airline DC-7 prop airplane. It sat weathering through the seasons year after year. In winter, it became a snowbird blanketed and secured in its icy coverlet. Spring's wind tore at its tattered tail as the lowland floods percolated into the airport. The DC-7 would mysteriously move from wet to dry land and back again when the floodwaters receded. Summer sun faded its peeling paint, slowly degrading its appearance. My thoughts took off and imagined this magnificent ghostly ship silently awaiting a signal for takeoff. The metallic threaded curtains, yes, curtains, were arranged haphazardly inside. As I squinted at the foggy windows, I imagined a visage peeping back, nervously anticipating the whir of the prop and rumbling of the engine. It was a mystery. Why did this magnificent mechanical marvel sit decomposing in Holman Field for all these years? Who owned it and why? Holman Field, had a tiny FAA office on the second floor, and I inquired within. Yes, they knew who owned the aircraft. I explained I'd like to interview the owner, and they gave me Joe Coker's phone number. Nervously, I dialed his number. Mr. Coker, I understand you are the owner of the DC-7 at Holman Field, and if I bought you lunch in the cafeteria, would you tell me all about it? Sure, he said, and he made arrangements to meet. In those days, Holman Field had a cafeteria. This space was an especially intriguing example of art deco architecture. Red leather lounge seating with chrome arms and legs set the tone, along with a mezzanine floor that held a globe and a circling airplane embedded into the tile. The old lounge setting and cafeteria are gone now, but at the time it was as if I was stepping back into the 1930s. John and I met in the old cafeteria and his story unfolded. I could tell he loved to talk about that airplane. His eyes twinkled as he started his story. My DC-7 is the only fully intact DC-7 interior known to exist," he boasted. With the exception of the captain's chair, he added, frowningly, which somebody stole. Why is it sitting idle? Well, you see, when I bought the plane in 1971, I owned the 20th Century Travel Club. I purchased and flew the DC-7 from Detroit to Holman Field and intended to use it to charter flights. It has been grounded ever since," he added, scowling. The FAA would never approve the DC-7 for flight, he muttered resentfully. Joe, it seemed, had a love-hate relationship with his airplane. He would come out to Holman Field and turn the engine over from time to time to keep the mechanic sound. It was Joe who faithfully moved the DC-7 back and forth when flooding season came. He had been doing this for 20 years. After those many years, he continued, I decided to sell the plane. Joe had a suspicious nature, and with each suitor came an unsatisfactory conclusion. As quickly as the admirers came, they would just as quickly be cast off. Joe believed one buyer in particular was going to use it for drug running. He lowered his voice. He had long hair. (laughs) We continued to chat until there was nothing more to say. Lunch was over and it was time to go. We shook hands and that was the last I heard of Mr. Coker. For the next 10 years, Joe continued to move the DC-7 to high ground during the flooding season. In 2004, it was with great surprise and sadness that the local news announced the old DC-7 had been sold to an interest in Florida. It was only then that I knew its full handle. It was the 1958 Eastern Airline DC-7B-N836D with the serial number 45345. My imagination took off again as I remembered the ghostly visage peeping from the curtain windows. It was finally hearing the whir of the prop and the rumbling of the engine. On Saturday, August 7, 2004, at 2.54 p.m. Central Standard Time, the DC-7B, having been ready for taxi, took off from Pullman Field forever. That ghostly visage? It was waving goodbye through the newly cleaned windows.
0: To hear more stories, learn more about StoryMobile, and to find out where we'll be pedaling off to next, visit storymobile.org.